Who's looking forward to an Apple event next week? Uh, I, I, who's I not? Am. Okay. No? Okay. All right. I guess Lex. <laughs> Me and Lex. <laughs> there we covered. We covered that. Yeah. Well, I guess we should talk. We should talk about how it how it was unveiled. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, I was a bold choice for them to use uh, one of their most reliable technologies. <laughs> Why would you tell Siri? Why would you tell Siri that there's an Apple event? It's it's uh, and it, it reveals some things about how Siri works. I think a little bit because one, I'm impressed by the people, the the, the entrepreneurial or, or enterprising young folks who ask Siri repeatedly when an Apple event is in hopes that it might give it around you yeah. every day yeah. on a daily basis. Is there an Siri. Apple event yet? Dot com. Hang on. When Ramp. is the Apple Car getting released? Ooh, Let's see if this works. Whatever. Mm, there you I go. Like that. It's still listening. It says, meep, meep. It's uh, got a bunch of, it's Macworld UK and Tom's Guide. <laughs> Stories about when or whether there will be an Apple car. <laughs> Passive aggressive. But yeah, the uh, the old Siri was spoiling the fact that there was going to be a, an Apple event yeah. on April 20th. And then Apple uh, Spilled said the so. beans, she did. Yeah, I, I mean, it, at least it wasn't several days ahead of time or something. At least the announcement came like a few hours later, so it didn't feel. Right. I mean, it was still anticlimactic, but like, at least it was the same day. <laughs> Does it, I mean, who cares? I don't like. <laughs> it's honestly also even a little bit odd to me that Apple only announces these things a week ahead of time. I guess especially when it's virtual, it's fine. But it doesn't. They matter, do that yeah, when it's not right. virtual. As yeah. opposed, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, they 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 will dominate the news cycle for the next week as everybody speculates exactly. about what they're going to yeah. talk about. Maybe they feel like two weeks is too long. <laughs> like, like the idiots on this podcast. Yeah. Not us. We're we're above yeah. the fray. <laughs> we're, yeah, right. We're too cool for that. Too smart. Too smart for that. I'll fall into your trap, Apple. I do appreciate that they both announced and will hold the event as our new Tuesday schedule allows us, like right before our shows. Yeah, I know. That is nice. that is actually great. Right. So far, I've been able to block half of what I expect it will be. I mean, assuming it's an hour long, I've I've been able to block the first half of it. So you'll have to tell me what happens in the second half, unless things change on my calendar. Are we gonna do a Are we gonna do a live show then next week? We've done live shows on event days in the past. Now that you've teased it, I think we have to. I think we have to. Yeah. I, you know what? I had mm-hmm. I had had an idea in mind for our next live show, and I'll have to now. Now that we actually have a date, I think I have to go back to uh, making that work. I'll, you know, I might as well mention it. Like, I mean, it's we. I was going to do a bingo us. card. I, I was going <laughs> to yes. do a bingo card, a rebound bingo card, uh, and I wrote up a bunch of things, but I need more. So I oh, guess Dan wrote up a bunch of things. We didn't help, John. Let's yeah, be clear. <laughs> you guys were impediments at best. Let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> normally i'd agree but but again you are wrong <laughs> john swore all the time <laughs> we will ask our rebound prime listeners uh subscribers to uh to suggest some stuff for the bingo card and we'll come up with something maybe if you uh you get bingo my guess is a whole lot of the things you're going to suggest we already have on the bingo card but submit them anyway there's probably more there's probably more yeah, we do actually have quite a, an assortment of questions from listeners. Uh, from that's all, that's all we do now is answer questions on the yeah, show. Really, Let's do it. It's more of a questions show. John Downing says, "Building upon the software discussion of Rogue Amoeba's offering of audio apps, technically that was an ad, but we'll count it in discussion." <laughs> I would like to hear about Dan's current <laughs> podcast editing setup. I think you've moved beyond GarageBand six with the podcast editing features. What editing software do you use? Are there other apps you use to clean the audio first before you import it into your main audio editing program? What is Lime to hear is a brief summary of what you do after getting files from hosts on a podcast you regularly edit. Like to hear, probably. 
Yeah, what I'd like to hear. It yeah. says what is lime, but it's what I'd like. What is lime? A brief summary. <laughs> it's a delicious what flavor, my friends. What is lime? From other hosts. <laughs> By the way, I think you do a great job me. editing the rebound. Nice editing between oh. the bootleg and edited version. John, the fact that you listen to both versions is amazing. And worrying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate the uh, the kudos. Um, first of all, I print out my audio and I scrub it <laughs> in the tub. That's how you clean it. That's how you clean your audio. <laughs> Uh, a little soap, a little water, does wonders. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you rarely hear John swear on the tracks anymore. I've taken a lot of time. No, so Whoa. these days I get uh, I get files from John and Lex. I sync them up using a unreleased tool uh, <laughs> that is a command line thing that uh, basically tries to uh, figure out how to get them all in sync. I will say sometimes it doesn't work great, and I have to end up doing it by hand anyways for at least one of our panelists. And I use Logic. I use Logic pretty much exclusively now to do all the editing. It is, for me, almost and certainly overkill, but it has a few features that are just way nicer than GarageBand, so I've ended up using that instead. Uh, when I, I export to a wave and generally use Forecast, which is Marco Armrit's encoding tool, and then to process stuff for the bootleg and the bonus episode, I actually use Fission, which is also a rogue amoeba app because it, it is a lossless editor. So I can work with the MP3 after it's done to like snip out the bonus episode part and package that into its own file. And then that all gets uploaded to our, um, both our hosting provider and to our, uh, like private site for the prime stuff. So yeah i i use logic also when i'm editing podcasts the hardest podcast i edit is friendly competition it's just so many tracks a lot of people and uh yeah uh, i don't even think it's overkill like it's it's so much more powerful than GarageBand. It, it really is like a difference maker i think that there's like two major features that i think end up being like killer which are strip silence and select all forward select all forward is a thing that should be in GarageBand. i feel like yes uh, keeping that out just feels it feels cheap uh, and it's a small thing that makes a huge difference when you're editing audio. Agreed. Is that is that for when you're moving stuff yes, around? When you're moving yeah. tracks, select yeah. Everything. Okay. Oh yeah. my god, it's such a yeah. pain. Because a whole lot of band. editing. I, I have only I have only ever used GarageBand to edit a podcast. A whole lot of audio editing, in especially in podcasts, is like you know, all right, I've cut this out, so now I have to bring everything forward. And in a GarageBand, that's like, yeah. uh, zoom out, select logic, everything, you press one button, zoom back in. Yeah, and logic, it's a yeah. button. Yeah. And since GarageBand is basically Logic, like slimmed down, mm-hmm. there's no reason they couldn't add that in a future release at some point. But they'd have to, they'd have to want to. Yeah. Mahir asks, "How did all of you meet? What's the Rebound origin story?" Oh wow! <laughs> I'm guessing that Dan, you knew Moltz first before you knew me. That's a good question. But I don't, I don't know. know. Hold on, I'm probably. I was a you know a, an internet business person. I worked at various internet companies, um, startups. I worked at MySpace, and then I worked at a company you've never heard of, and then I built a company, and it got acquired by another internet company, and I worked there. And eventually, I, I grew sour on my startup life for a while. And you know, I was reading Twitter, and I saw Philip Michaels, who I found funny, tweet. No, I'm sorry, I saw Jason Snell, who I also found funny, tweet that if you wanted to freelance for MacWorld, you should write to Philip Michaels. So I wrote to Philip Michaels and he was like, for $25, you can write 200 word reviews of iPhone apps. And even an iPhone. And so you, I bought you had an to iPod pay them $25? <laughs> I, bought, I bought an iPod Touch the day the second iPhone came out. And that was the iPhone 3G, I guess. And I bought, I bought an iPod Touch so I could review iPhone apps. And at first I, I was careful. To, I didn't want Phil to know that I didn't have a real iPhone. And then eventually I told him and it was okay. But $25 for 200 word reviews was not very interesting to me. But over time, he's like, I'll pay you more to write longer things. I was like, that is interesting. And then I was like, <laughs> Phil, I want even more to do. And he's like, I'm going to connect you here with Dan Morin. 
who uh, you can write Apple news articles for, which I did. And that's when I met Dan. Wow. Yeah, that's that, that all that same for, Jeez. for Lex. Mm-hmm. I, I went to look to see the first email I have from John Moltz, uh, which looks like <laughs> oh, it's boy. from 2000, I want to say seven. Okay. So that would have been, I started at Mac user in early 2006. Uh, and it looks like, I ha- although I have no recollection of this, John, I have an email with you in like September of 07, I think inviting you to be on, we had like a Mac user podcast at the time, just on the blog. Jeez. And it looks like, it if looks like so. I had you, it looks like we had you on to talk about cars stuff then okay. way back in 2007. So yeah. that I guess that's would be, a, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that's how I got into Macworld. obviously with Jason. Jason wrote, or somebody wrote something about cars in, and then like Jason said, like he wanted, I think he wanted to write a cars story. He had some idea for a car story he wanted to write. And I was like, this is backwards. I should be right. I want to write for you. And he's like, okay, well, I'll keep you. Hold your horses. We'll, we'll get there. And then I started writing for the back of the magazine for a while. Yeah. Um, like just little jokes on the back of the magazine. And then um, I kept going. And I do have a email here from September 19th, 2007, where you emailed me and Paul Cafasis with a car story, uh, which is called uh, titled Jackass Blogger Won't Shut Up About Fucking Yankees. <laughs> which seems, <laughs> wonder, which seems about I don't right. Remember who, I don't remember who that was about. Yeah, do I don't know. It's unclear. It's unclear. <laughs> I'm jealous because uh, my <laughs> first email with Dan was 2009. So it wasn't until October 5th, 2009 that Dan Warren first deigned to email me. That was that was when that happened. I I mean John I mean John when did you when did cars start? Uh well, you put the key in December of 2001. Okay. So you had been you had been around for a while by yeah, the time I started yeah. out there. I mean you're older, that's around clear. You're old. Um <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for bringing that up again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I I knew I knew of you before I started actually writing at Mac user. And so, yeah, I don't know. I probably I don't think I even went to like a, um, I don't know, maybe I went to a, one of the Macworld conferences in like 2000, when did I go? 2006, I went to Macworld Expo before okay. I worked for, for Mac user. So yeah, that's the earliest, my earliest exposure to the Apple community, really. Yeah. Yeah. My first was 2007 when the iPhone was announced. It was like, also, let the record show that <laughs> Dan, they all like this? Dan Warren was paying me $15 per news story at the time. I'll say Good my Lord. starting, my starting rate at Mac user in 2006 they quoted me five bucks a post when I started yeah. oh, and I, oh they bumped God. that up. I never got paid that rate. They bumped me up to seven when I actually turned in my first invoice. And then later that year I got promoted to the co-editor position and I went up to $10 a post, man. And I think I got like, like Lex, I think I was getting maybe 50 bucks or something at some point for an iPod case review in like the heyday of iPod cases, which were the stupidest things to for write. Me. The, the, I mean, it, it eventually got good where I was getting $200 and then $250 yeah. for lengthier reviews and, and op-eds and stuff. Yeah, once man. you start doing that, you yeah. could actually rake in yeah. some good money. Well, God, I mean, remember remember writing for the magazine? Yeah, um, the magazine was good money. Yeah. Several hundred bucks Jeez, for a piece. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for that trip down memory lane we here. Jack Carlson says, totally non-tech question. How dare you, Jack Carlson? <laughs> this is a tech podcast. <laughs> Do you gentlemen think movies will ever reflect this year plus period of mask wearing and distancing? Or will they pretend this never happened and COVID never existed? Before I even answer this question or share my answer to this question, uh, there's a show I like on, I think, NBC called 
uh, New Amsterdam. You know, we watch all our TV DVR, so I don't really know what the hell anything's on. But New Amsterdam is set in a hospital in New York City, and they are it exists in our current timeline. I think they're a little bit ahead of us because like there's way more vaccines out there. And the show has its medical professionals and the patients in the hospital wear masks sometimes, and then other times they don't. And what I wish they would have done is just address the audience and say, hey, you know what? They should be wearing masks, but because this is a TV show and because we want you to hear what they're saying clearly or see their faces because they're handsome and attractive actors, like they're not going to wear masks all the time, but they don't say that. And so the doctors don't wear masks when they're like around all kinds of patients and people sometimes, (laughs) and then they'll go outside with masks on and it all makes me so, so, so angry. Um, And I just want to get that (laughs) off my chest Mm. because the mask wearing on that show is very stupid. (laughs) Very, very Mm. stupid. Although Daniel Day Kim from Lost and uh, Hawaii Five-0 is great on that show. I like Daniel Day Kim. I think I think that's kind of the answer is like a, like a half a s- yeah. maybe. Like is it important? I guess I th- is the question. I think most I think most shows that are I mean unless it's a historical sort of drama um will not pay any attention. Will not will skip over it. It's the same thing that happened with the the flu epidemic in 1918 apparently. Like nobody wanted to talk about it after it was over because it was horrible, and they just wanted to go the on The TV and have shows time. in that period were just so, all ignored. Yeah, the TV, the TV, <laughs> the TV just like, watch, ah. If you watch a TV show from 1920, they will say nothing about <laughs> the pandemic. <laughs> they will also say absolutely nothing, because they didn't have talkies. I have watched a bunch of shows that are set in ostensibly uh, the you know our world, the real world, and uh, most of them have ignored it in the ones that I've been watching. I'm trying to yeah. think if any of them have, like... Yeah, yeah. I don't even. I don't. No, think none of so. the shows that I watch have, have done it. So, so I will I, say a lot of the stuff I've been watching has been binging old stuff. So that's even. It's also weird in a different way. <laughs> it's like, why aren't these people wearing masks five years ago when they watched? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you you also wouldn't expect it in like the Star Trek Picard timeline. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's weird. <laughs> if Picard if Picard showed up with a mask on, yeah. that, that would be super weird. There has been a plasma leak in the universe. We all must <laughs> wear masks now. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right yeah i think those answers sound about right uh we literally got another question submitted while we're recording these questions uh alan yeah. lucas writes after weeks of listening to the bootlegs there was an issue and i had to listen to the normal vision just like a common person <laughs> <laughs> i smiled when i heard the theme song because the bootleg does not have a theme song True. and wondered if any of you have made up lyrics for it friendly competition <laughs> and not playing have lyrics why not the rebound True. man i feel very seen by that question alan because i do write lyrics to every instrumental theme song that i know i don't know i really feel like the rebounds theme song is instrumental like i i don't hear what the lyric melody line would be exactly that's yeah that's it's got a lot of bass line yeah exactly it. It doesn't seem suited to having lyrics be yelled over the top I think of it's, it since it's I, sort of... Is it, is it possible that it's like the bridge of an instrumental song? <laughs> right. All, all that said, challenge accepted. I'll, I'll put some thought into it. <laughs> we'll yeah, see what happens. It doesn't, it does, it's got like a... I don't know, syncopation is not the right word, but like the beat is, is weird. It would be a strange song to try and come up with lyrics to. Yeah. But I, I welcome I, Lex I, to I try. So. I look forward to it. I, I don't look forward to it, actually. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it's been a while on the rebound. <laughs> exactly. I'm very. We literally very have afraid. we literally have songs for so many other things on this show, and not you know not lyrics for the theme song. Jared says, and Dan, I'm sorry. This is going to be a trigger warning for Dan. With Logitech dumping dumping the Harmony line, mm. what's the current best Harmony alternative Universal Remote? I tried to buy a Cavo, but it looks like they aren't being sold anymore. Even their buy page sends me to a 404 page on Amazon, <laughs> hoping that there's a decent alternative. I'll say this first, as well, as you're pointing out there, yeah, Logitech did announce that it's discontinuing the Harmony line, and 
that's sad for Dan. Um, it's fine for Marco, but the the Cavo does. There are two people on this podcast who might sell you their cars. Yeah, I'll, hell, I'll, if you just want to pay shipping, I'll Cavo send it to does, you. Does uh, continue to issue occasional software updates, but I don't. I'm, I'm in the Cavo Reddit on occasion, and like they don't. I don't feel great about the future of Cavo. Yeah, are they out of business? <laughs> no, they they still exist. And he's saying that the buy on Amazon link goes to a 404. It worked for me just fine, although it does say that it's currently unavailable. <laughs> so it's it's unclear to me what's happening with them. I don't think that they're currently manufacturing new ones. So I, I don't feel great about the future of Cavo. Yeah, I think here's the thing. The universal remote category, I think, is probably dwindling, which is why Logitech left. I mean, if there was money to be made, they would have stayed in the market. And I mm-hmm. think that it's it's a smaller and smaller niche of people who want a universal remote because people have fewer devices connected, I think, mostly. And then the devices that are connected, either like you have things like game consoles where it's like, well, you're going to use a controller anyways, right? Like you probably don't need a remote specifically for that. Or you have like your TV may have built-in apps, right? And maybe you're just using the built-in TV apps and it doesn't really matter. Like you don't have another device. And a lot of the a lot of the remotes can be configured with some sort of like multiple control thing, right? Like HDMI CEC lets you like turn on specific devices with a remote for that device. So I don't know. I think I think the the niche is getting smaller. So I think that's probably why they decided they didn't need to play in that market anymore. Yeah. It is a bummer though. I think there is room for smarter devices of this. Oh yeah, front. and I also yeah. feel like you know there's uh, there is a class of internet devices where they require Ethernet, but they also have their own Ethernet jack for you too. Like so, there's two Ethernet plugs, one to put in and one so that you can continue to spread your connection. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't mind if you know your Roku's or your Apple TVs, etc., had extra HDMI inputs besides their output to your TV. Like that would solve the problem. <laughs> uh potentially yeah i mean they they tried that with the uh xbox at one point because they wanted to turn the xbox into like a like a set-top box basically right. and it did not mm-hmm. go well <laughs> like not mm-hmm. technologically but like nobody had any interest in that basically Got so it. yeah i i don't know i i think right now like the the harmony remote that i use controls essentially like tv receiver apple tv and xbox and it really only uses it to turn the xbox on and off and i have a switch that I use occasionally. So once in a while I use that, but like, it's not like I have I used to have like VCRs and DVD players and all this junk. And I feel like it's just gone, you know, more and more stuff has been self-contained and you don't really worry about it as much. Yeah, you know, We flip on my TV between the switch and TiVo and the Amazon fire stick on the, the family room TV. And it's, I mean, it's, it's the Cavo does a great job when the Cavo dies. I can just use the TV's inputs, but every TV's interface is yeah. so yeah. shitty. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree it's, with that. That is, that is, it, you know true. what? I, I was thinking about this the other day with the whole, you know, rumors about Apple TV, Apple redesigning the Apple TV remote and all this. And I was like, man, wouldn't it be a funny if Apple eventually did wrap around and decide to make a TV set? <laughs> Gene Munster perks up somewhere. <laughs> it's like, in some ways, it's more plausible to, plausible to me now than it was like five or ten yeah. years ago yeah I, th- I think in a way it is actually yeah i mean but i but it seems like i mean people keep talking about them making like a sound stick that would yeah. be apple tv and home pod that seems more a device like roku already makes by the way <laughs> yeah. <that> okay <laughs> our old friend e-man asks what are your top one to two favorite macs of all time whether you owned it oh. or not John's gonna have a longer list on this one i think. I, I see these <laughs> well, questions you know, before you guys one to two so i gotta i gotta stick <laughs> 
So I, 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 I debated for for one of them. I don't even remember what the Mac was called, and I figured Moltz would probably know. And I never owned this Mac, but there was a Mac you could buy that you could literally restart it into um into the DOS. DOS? Yeah, oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I, I wanted that. one of those a, so quadru- bad quadru- so I could play quadru- six ten. Yeah, quadru- yes. six ten with a DOS card. Yeah. Oh, also, so, okay, so, so I was going to say the Quadra six ten was my favorite Mac of all time. One, one of my top two because I loved that Mac, but I did not have the one that could be rebooted into DOS, but I super lusted after that one, like crazily. And then I, I, I think I'm going to go with that great. <laughs> my current, oh no, I, I would agree that it wouldn't make it. I think I'm going to go with my current M1 Mini as my other favorite Mac of all time. I love this thing. It's it's the best. Yeah. I, 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 I've debated that. Like, is, is the newest Mac I have always like the one that I'm most enamored with? I think the, the M1 MacBook Air, it's so close. I love the form factor of the 11-inch Air, and I'm sad that it's gone. That's the thing, yes. I, I really love yeah. that computer, and, you know, if it Me weren't too. for the fact that it never got updated with a Retina display, like, I would love to see an M1 or, you know, Apple Silicon Mac in a form factor closer to that, like Ultra Light or something like that. But that was one, yeah. and I my G3 tower, Blue and White Tower, there's a reason I kept it. It's because I, I still feel very fondly about it. I, yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I think my favorite is the 11-inch Air. That I got the first mm-hmm. uh, 2011, I think. That sounds um, right. Yeah, was the one that I was the one that I had. Was it a 2000? Um, we still have we still have a 2000. We have Karen's old 2014 so, sitting around, and it's still just a great little device. And then the second favorite, uh, the Titanium PowerBook, possibly mm, great Mac, which is just was just a freaking workhorse, and I I still have my second one, and I it's been you know it still works, and I still play old games on it sometimes, and it's great. There, it's I machine. loved the the trackpad click mouse feel of the that titanium Mac. I just love the way that thing clicked. Like that was a real click, but I lo- <laughs> I loved the 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 feeling of that click going. To, I don't know. It just really worked for me. I never had one of the so titanium ones. I never. Uh, I had a G three the plastic uh, black uh, Pismo PowerBook G three, which I really liked. I did hate on all of those laptops from that area the era the way that they would wear away where your wrists stayed yeah. like that always really made me oh i had one of those gross. first plastic macbooks too where the top case would break off <laughs> and i had to get it replaced Ugh. that is a bad mac i like i loved it. it was the first intel like mac i owned and i liked that yeah. aspect of it but that yeah. that that computer was i think a little bit of a piece of shit <laughs> Two controversial opinions. I miss, I don't think they should make them anymore, but I miss the old power books that had the trackballs. I really liked those tiny little trackballs instead of the power max. <laughs> yeah. That was my first that Apple laptop. That is controversial opinion. That is controversial. And it had like the There's circular click buttons have. around it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. Did you also thing. miss uh, the ThinkPads with the little red eraser? Nub? Nope. Hated those erasers. Hated them. Still can't. My wife uses those and it drives me bananas because I cannot, like, I cannot get, it never goes to the right place. It's like, okay, <laughs> it's going so slow. I better speed up. No, it's on the edge of the screen. No, okay, bring it back to the middle. Now I'm on the other side of the screen. <laughs> and my, my other controversial opinion is I know that we, we rightly mock the Performa era of Apple history. I had a oh, really Performa bad Performa. Names <laughs> were terrible, but I had a performa I loved. I couldn't tell you which one it was because all the names were interchangeable, but I, I really, I, I think there were good performers. I had a 6300, and it was Wait, I can't, I'm terrible. Blanking on the name. That's right. That's the right 6300 I had... 6400. 6, okay, the 6300... Yeah, I think I had the 6400 also. 6300 had a logic card that went, and I had to get replaced, um, which was super like uh, worrying And you still time. use logic to edit this podcast, so it all true. worked out. <laughs> and it had a uh, the monitor that came with it, the, the red emitter died 
lights like like you would not get the color red so your monitor was like a dog's vision yeah it was super weird so when we play like i remember because i was playing escape velocity on it and the lasers were red you could never see the lasers it was the worst it was so bad uh yeah something something just shit the bed inside of that like it was a crt right like they had it were yeah, weird weird monitors i remember getting a new one when i got the g3 and i was like oh i can see all the colors again this is great <laughs> And finally, oh man, my Power Mac G3 tower. That was the computer I took to college. I love that thing. Uh, Joe Cabrera, who wrote in during this period of the recording while we were answering questions. I think people know we record now and at yeah. this time, and this is, this is causing problems. <laughs> he wrote, I heard through a reliable source that one of you has an in with the Macalope. Mm. Could you please ask them if a new iMac will be announced Tuesday? My desktop is a 2009 model, so I'm way overdue. Please and thank you. P.S. Normally I'd ask you guys directly, but I'm sure Tim Cook has cut off any communications with you all. You know why. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. I, so I have an in with the Macalope. I used to yeah, edit the Macalope. I was going to say it's Dan, right? Yeah, I used to Dan. edit the Macalope back at Macworld. So. <laughs> did you? Yep, that's One true. One time when Dan was on vacation, I had to edit the Macalope. Very stressful. How did we meet again, Dan? I can't remember. I, I don't either. It's a, <laughs> it was a dark alley somewhere. A bag was put over my head. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it, was a, it was a very soft bag. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was burlap. It was nice. <laughs> Uh, I I don't think the Maclove has any particular information on this on this on this subject. Any, any I'm smart. Any, any insider information? Uh, do either do either of you? <laughs> I don't think the Maclove has any insider information. Either. Yeah, I agree. I agree or, have, or have an opinion? Or have an opinion? I think I think not at this event. But I'm not. I would say they would hold it until WWDC. But I don't know. Here's my guess. If I, I agree with you, I think it's unlikely. But if they were to release one, I think what we would see is a smaller, the smaller screen model, and it would essentially be an M1. So it would use the same, mm. it would have the mm-hmm. same port restrictions, and it would have the same RAM restrictions. But it would be not the like whatever the like twenty-seven inch or equivalent oh, man, of that seriously? they're doing. So, so an M1. Do you think they might release an M1 iMac with two ports? I think it's possible, like the lower wow. end, like like kind of targeted at like entry level slash yeah, education markets. Yeah, right. I don't I don't know enough about. I don't think they'll do that, but but I was wondering. I agree. If you I don't could think make it's likely, it, but I was wondering if you have an iMac that had dual M1 processors, <laughs> so that you could have more <laughs> ports. Would it have two screens? Nope, one screen. <laughs> But it's basically two computers that see each other as one. It's, it's this sounds idea. like a Dana Siberius. This sounds like one of those Photoshop. Tim Cook, call me. This is going to work. <laughs> I was checking to see if the 21 and a half inch, so that's the smaller screen currently. I was checking to see how many ports that has, but they have all the same ports as the uh, as the big one. So, If you are jealous and you want to control half of uh, an episode of the Rebounds content by submitting your own questions, just become a Rebound Prime subscriber, prime.reboundcast.com. But whether you're a Rebound Prime member or not, it's important to you and important to us that you know that this episode of The Rebound is brought to you by Dan's new beloved podcast, Command Line Heroes. Command Line Heroes is a podcast that tells the epic true tales of developers, programmers, hackers, geeks, and open source rebels who are revolutionizing the technology landscape. Season 7 of Command Line Heroes is available now. The season explores a pivotal year of 1995. It was the start of the dot-com boom, but a lot of things had to come together for the internet to succeed. Long before you could hop on GoDaddy to grab a domain name, there was a woman you'd have to call. Elizabeth Jake Feinler was the keeper of all domains. Episode one of the season features a conversation with the woman herself, now in her 90s, about how she managed the internet and how her team needed to create 
the DNS. Also, web design took a while to become a career, but it got a big boost in 1995 when the Batman Forever website launched to promote the movie. It showed people what was possible on the web. This episode features pioneers like Jeffrey Zeldman, the godfather of web design, who recounted the that shift guy. that me too, who recount the shift that forever changed the face of the web. Uh, Dan, didn't you get a sneak preview of season seven of Command Line Heroes? I actually did, and I listened to that very episode about the Batman Forever website, which was really cool because it talked about all the sort of bananas things that went into creating that, and it still kind of held up as like the gold standard for websites <laughs> of that era. Like, and and the the stuff that went into them, like they kind of did it at the drop of a hat. Like they, people came to them like, Oh, you, you can build a website for this movie. And they're like, uh, yeah. And then it's like, then we had to go figure out how to build a website. So I, I thought it was really clever and they had to work around all this stuff because like flash didn't exist at that point. It hadn't been create created yet. And so them trying to figure out how to do animations and like hack, like certain image ways. Maps. That, yeah. Like talking about image maps and doing all this stuff. And it was, it was bananas. I thought it was great. It was a real interesting like time capsule back to that year, which I remember well. Oh, yeah. I have a story that I'll wait till we're out of the official ad read to share on this topic. But uh, if you like the rebound, uh, you will sh- you are certainly in the market for Command Line Heroes. Search for Command Line Heroes anywhere you listen to podcasts, and uh, we'll include a link in the show notes. It'll be right next to the one to Taskmaster. Our thanks to Command Line Heroes <laughs> for their support of this show. So I used to there get will be entertainment no link to Taskmaster. <laughs> I used to get Entertainment Weekly, uh, the magazine. Uh, it still exists, but now it is monthly. Although they still call it Entertainment Weekly, and. I remember the there was an issue where they for the first time did a little a tiny little featurette on uh, movie websites, and there was one for Casper the Friendly Ghost, and I can't tell you exactly when this was, but I can tell you it was when I still had AOL and before AOL let you access the rest of the internet, and so I went to my parents and was like I really want to get an internet connection instead. And I said that we could get the $20 a month ISP, which was Epics, the Eastern Pennsylvania Internet Exchange. Mm-hmm. We could get what they called the text-only connection, which is why I got good at Unix, because you literally <laughs> had to just use a Unix shell to access the web. And that was it. Like, my web browser was links. My email client was Pine. Like, that mm-hmm. was what it was. Uh, teaching my mom how to use Pine to email was the worst experience. Oh, uh, but anyway, not Elm. I went over to the Casper <laughs> website. And guess what? Not that good on, a t- <laughs> on links. <laughs> Did not live up to my... I still loved having the internet, mind you. But man, oh man, that website sucked on links. So whoever designed the Casper, the Friendly Ghost website, you suck. I will say, I remember very early when I first started logging on the internet, like 93 or 4, uh, we had this, we had like a dial-up connection through my dad's work, and it was the same thing. It would just dump you in a command line. And I think he was using Vax. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. uh, I remember cause I first used, learned to use gopher and yeah. gopher had mm-hmm. like, it was like menus, right? Like, and you would type a number and it would take you that item. And I remember using links and feeling like this is so much worse than go- gopher. Everything is neatly laid out and it's really easy to find things. This worldwide web thing will never get you. <laughs> I, I just remember with links that I, and that's L Y N X. If you're not familiar, I remember that I couldn't figure out how to go to the website of my own choosing. Like, I wanted to go to this Casper website, not realizing how useless it would be as a text-only thing. But, like, I could get to whatever the search engine would have been then, Yahoo or AltaVista or whatever, and I could do those things and then search for the thing I wanted. But I couldn't get – and I could go through, like, their list of bookmarks or whatever on the, that the, were on the default page, but I couldn't figure out how to get to my own URL. And I had to call tech support. And this woman answered, and she's like, G? You press the letter G. I was like, I didn't know. I didn't know. If you don't know, how do you know? And she was so mean, and I will never forget her voice. G? Like, that was literally her entire answer. Wow. She made me feel dumb. And that was why Lex went on to a career in technology.
<laughs> yeah. I vowed then and there to make G Lady pay. I don't know. <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just remember like my first the first book that I got to figure out how to get onto the internet was by Adam Angst. <laughs> you know, back when I know Adam's him. probably t- Adam's probably <laughs> twenty two or whatever. Um and then our, and then, you know, we guys we, because we were talking about people that we met, like uh meeting Adam at, at Macworld was just that was kind of that was super mind blowing for me. It was just like, oh my god, there's there's the guy who got me on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> that bastard. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh man. I want my time back. My my story like that is the first edition of the internet, the missing manual, which was co-authored by David Pogue had, had things that I knew to be mistakes in there. And so I emailed David Pogue and, uh, he was like, thank you for correcting. Like he was sincere. Like, thank you for correcting these errors. And then in every subsequent edition for years, uh, I was in the thank yous because I had corrected various mistakes that were. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's look actually, that's look actually that, nice. I look at, it look at this guy. <laughs> yeah. That's why I decided to get into technology. <laughs> I just assumed he was going to be a jerk about it for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. He was... <laughs> Technology. Technology. Yeah. Isn't it funny? It is funny. It's a funny thing. It's a funny thing. <laughs> you guys are like, oh, there's so many questions. You literally have nothing else to talk about. No, no, I was going to bring <laughs> well, up. I think we, 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 it's, hard, it's hard to shift from question mode to um, now we have to talk about like things that actually happen. Yeah, things that actually happen. I was going to mention. Actually hard. That's a harder mode for us. Yeah, like serious things. <laughs> That's like we're playing on we're playing on hard mode now. I was going to mention the uh, Find My network that got opened up last week, so n- no oh, yeah. air tags currently, but there is a third party accessible we could network. We're finally talking about them in in our next episode. Yes. I guess uh, here, I, I something. My conspiracy theory this week was that air, air tags will never ship. They started making them and decided they didn't want to and just stopped. Yeah. Right. And we're like, nah, third parties I, I would can be do willing it. willing to believe that. <laughs> I, I am not, I, I don't know what the over-under is for AirTag showing up next week, but I'm willing to bet that they, like, there's a decent percentage chance that they are not a thing because Apple just decides, eh, is there really that much money yeah. to be made in that market or is that just a market for third parties? Right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe this was the other, the actual other shoe for that. If you're right and they don't ship, I will buy you two AirTags. <laughs> 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 Wait a second! That sounded the, like a good the, deal for a second, not, and then I thought about but it. But if no. they do ship, you have to buy me two. <laughs> no, no, we're not. Nope, that's not happening. As I win, mm-hmm. <laughs> I also note that the uh, uh, missing amongst the list of third-party partners, uh, Tile, un- yes. unsurprisingly, since they have already accused Apple of being uh, monopolistic, mm-hmm. and uh, they're in the Epic, they're in Epic's uh, coalition for for app fairness. Is that what they call it? something like that yeah so uh i'm guessing they I, i'm wondering do you, anyone want to place a bet on how long before they cave just because otherwise it feels like maybe they're potentially shooting themselves in the foot yeah i don't know i mean it does that does seem like if everybody's gonna get on i mean i don't know we'll see if this this pans out but i mean i don't know why you wouldn't do this well there's so the one thing i saw brought up on twitter which was a i guess they talked about this a bit at last year at uh, wwdc the find my network thing and one of the terms for it i think you have to use their network and not other networks like you can't use multiple networks if you get yeah. like find oh, my certified right? yeah okay so yeah so that it would be the main me, reason and people were saying that's not how apple usually does it but isn't that also exactly how apple handles uh home integration with cameras like if you integrate with HomeKit, it can only do that Except you can have your own thing usually. 
like you, you can't be in a cloud service but i think you have to but you, you can't have to, be on like, another i think i'm not yeah, sure i think that's I, right. I don't remember exactly how that works I think but that's you right. can because certainly when I set up my logitech i mean i set up that logitech i basically had to wipe it and like and go with like one thing right i think that was true the of the oh, yeah when i had the logic ones briefly i think that was the case but it was because i used beta firmware also at the time and the yeah, uc right, ones right. that i had for a little while did they use HomeKit? i don't remember if they were built like had any other options other than yuffie's own thing so like tile could in theory use their own thing and the find my networks but not if like google came out with one i guess i guess that's the the upshot but it seems unclear to me yeah anyways i I also think it doesn't hurt that it's like with several you know other things having apple in the crosshairs for uh monopoly behaviors them saying like look we've built our network and we're generously allowing everyone to use it doesn't hurt (laughs) For a fee. <laughs> Tim Cook has also chimed in about the app store becoming a flea market. Ah, uh, yes. If third-party payment systems were allowed. I liked that story because he said, would you trust it a flea market? I'm like, well, I don't know. Are they all using, like, Apple Pay at the flea market? Right, right. I, I mean, guess people, I guess I would. People, right, right. People shop at flea markets, Tim. <laughs> Tim, right. Tim not, probably doesn't. That's not really the cut you think it is, I don't think. Yeah. Exactly. It it, it 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 was the rare kind of out of touch statement for me. For me. Like sometimes Apple's going to yes. say Apple's party line, and I get that, but that one felt a little bit like I don't think. He How much could a gallon of milk cost? Ten dollars? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. 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 It felt a little bit like that. Yeah. I don't know. I I think obviously he's got to spin it to protect their investment. I think in the you know the infrastructure, but it is certainly a a hard argument that like other payment. There's so many other options for secure payment now. Other than using Venmo right. and having everything reported publicly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm surprised I do want to thank, Matt, I do want to thank Matt Getz for, I do want to thank Matt Getz for, you know, getting me to go in and turn it I don't want to thank Matt Gates for anything. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only thing. That's the only thing. I already had mine turned off. That was one of the places where I yeah, was private. Same. Same. Yeah well, yeah. well, every time you paid me, I, it was public because <laughs> mine was on. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> well it's uh, it's gonna be an interesting week next week I, I you guys got any outside predictions other than you know like i think people are expecting ipads i already said i, I already said i didn't <laughs> yeah yeah nothing else <laughs> about imax anyway I, yeah no i don't know i mean we uh i i like it yeah like i said i don't i wouldn't be terribly surprised if if these if the tags are just not coming at all other than that i mean i it would be ipads right i mean so you guys but you guys are thinking hardware event versus like here's a sneak peek at some new software feature of some sort i doubt that but i think there's i mean there is i would be surprised if there's no hardware other than the ipads i think certainly the ipads make sense and ios 14.5 right like that goes together that makes a lot of sense to me Mm -hmm. what else do you do i mean let's assume it's an hour-long event i mean i think that's probably a, a half you could fit that into half pretty easily I'm not sure if you use the other half for something else or if you just stretch that into an hour. I don't know. I was wondering if, I guess, I, I was wondering if they were going to talk about like new Apple TV originals coming this fall or. That's possible. I guess they did oh. do their services event in the, in the, yeah, it seems, I don't know. I feel like. Those things seem to come out like piecemeal. I mean, like all those um, announcements about Apple TV shows just yeah, seem to drop I, like every other week. I could see them maybe mentioning it, but I don't think it's going to be a focus of the presentation. I think yeah. it's possible there will be something else in there that hasn't been announced. I mean, there's some stuff. Have we seen our, we've seen our last of Eddie Q then, I guess? 
<laughs> in the back of Eddie Q. I don't know. Do you think this is a more like the events they held in the uh, in the fall where it's like kind of like an Apple event, but on video versus that one that they did with the Magic Keyboard one last year, which felt much more like Craig standing and talking to a camera? Like, <laughs> I feel like they've upped their game on yes. on events. Yeah, the... The logo and and just the whole treatment of it is enough that I assume it's another slick. Yeah, produced. I agree. That seems yeah. most plausible. Yeah, I think they there's a couple AR things. To announce it. There are a couple things in there that are mentioned that are like that are people have leaked or found in fourteen point five that haven't been talked about. For example, the um, there was one. There's like the ability to share your Apple Card with your app with your family, which is the been, reason I got an Apple uh, Card was so I wouldn't oh, have yeah, to share yeah. with my family. Yeah, well, <laughs> too bad. Now they get access to it. They've they've bought you. <laughs> Out of house and home. Sucks to be you, Friedman's. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Other than that, I I feel like there is possibility for some wild cards in there, but I don't think it's going to be anything yeah. too big. I wouldn't think so either. But yeah. oh, I think there's got to be some surprise. Um, the, the, the other thing that I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about was this um, Bloomberg report about Apple working on a new Apple TV with a home HomePod speaker and the and the, but then the FaceTime camera. We oh, talked yeah. a little bit about the the soundbar kind of concept, but um, talk about the one with the robot arm. <laughs> talk about and and with a robot arm. <laughs> is that a different one or is that the same one? I, it was unclear to me because that yeah. one mentioned something about like an iPad that you would like clip to it or something, and I don't so, think that's so. Yeah, happening. so I, yeah, I don't know either. That seems that seems. I, but the, I, I don't buy that one perfect. at all. The the idea of it moving to follow you though, I mean, like the Echo. Some of the Echo shows do that. The Facebook one does that. Like that would, yeah, and even um, Microsoft Teams does that. Just in software, when used on a Mac, it'll if you move around, it it crops the view as if it's moving oh, the camera. In a way, that's pretty oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it had some sort of either mechanism or algorithm that like just tries to find faces and put them up. You know, more because they already have it, right? The they thing have the, thing the they eye do contact with eyeballs. Thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I think the fact that the HomePod Mini stuck around tells me that the I don't think the HomePod brand is dead, but I think Apple has to reconsider no. what a HomePod is. Yeah, and right. at least it's a it's a name that's broad enough you could put something else under that HomePod TV Plus. <laughs> Looking forward to that one. <laughs> I'm going to get the one with the biggest capacity you can get. Oh my the, God. the HomePod Performa. <laughs> 64,000. 6,400. It'll, it'll have a subwoofer. Ooh. Get in yeah. just right below that woofer. <laughs> you got wow. your woofer, and then you have your subwoofer. You have your subwoofer. Mm-hmm. Super woofer. <laughs> That's, that describes our dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.